sometimes you just need to fake it till you make it. And um, maybe that's why I failed. But I was just kind of thinking, you know, uh, I was there in the worship time, and I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even set up. Like, what am I thinking? Um, and I was just like, realized, you know, the whole fake it till you make it doesn't really work for when you're preaching. Uh, we called out pretty quick on that. And so I'm going to get set up here. Okay, so here we are. It, it's been quite a weekend. Um, I don't know that I've ever had a time in my life where I feel like God has, has moved and worked in my life, and I feel kind of abundant and overflowing in my own personal journey, and yet feeling like there's just this real struggle with putting this, this message together. Um, a real, um, where's God taking this? Where are we going? Where are we headed with, um, with where we're going with this message? And, and so I, I think it's fair to say, maybe it kind of goes along with the whole, like, fake it till you make it thing. Like, um, I'm just going to stand up here and say, I have no clue what I'm doing here this morning. Um, I, I, I just feel like God is, is just working at stripping away everything that I am, everything as Austin Miller, whoever I am, he's just stripping that away, and I hope that anything that comes through is from God, is inspired from God by his word, and that it can upbuild each one of us. So we're looking here at character growth. I'm um, just going to go through a little bit of review. We've been looking at how the left side of our brain kind of processes all of these things like beliefs, doctrine, willpower, strategies, you know, all of these things that we can take time to actually think. You know, you think through, you, you, you process this stuff while there's all kinds of stuff happening on the right side of the track that's processing information faster than what we can even think. And those things we've been kind of looking at is loving attachments, joy, emotional development, and identity. So just kind of rem reminder again, the quote, many Western Christians believe character is formed by thinking correctly, believing truth, 
making wise choices in light of the truth. And while there's truth to that statement, you can't just be a left-sided believer and expect to see growth in your character and in your life. We need to work with both the slow track and the fast track. You can't just grow by thinking correctly. So the obstacles, we talked about low joy in the last message and then other obstacles are shallow relational attachments, unstable identity, and weak community. So we just talked a little bit about, um, you know, if, if you're wondering, if you're having the question, are you not growing in your character? Are you living with low levels of joy? Um, and then we talked about how to abide in Jesus and your joy will be full. And let's just go over that again. Um, the vine dresser takes away any branch that does not bear fruit. For every branch that bears fruit, the vine dresser prunes, so the branch bears more fruit. The branch cannot bear its own fruit unless it abides in the vine. If the branch does not abide in the vine, the branch withers and is thrown into the fire. Abide in the vine's word, and the branch shall ask anything, and it will be done. This way the vine dresser will be glorified, and the branch will bear much fruit, and prove to be a disciple of the vine. As the vine dresser has loved the vine, so the vine loves the branch. The branch abide in the love of the vine. Keep the vine's commandments, and the branch will abide in the vine's love. The vine's joy may be in the branch, so that the branch's joy may be full. Then the commandment, branches, love other branches. This is all, all review. So if your joy, we can kind of remember how we kind of work this as a backwards math problem. It's like, okay, so if your joy is full, what, what's causing that? So that means, okay, so you're loving other branches. How are you loving other branches? It's because you're keeping the commandments. And if you're keeping the commandments, that's an indication that you're bearing much fruit. And if you're bearing fruit, that also means, well, you're being pruned. You can't bear a lot of fruit without being pruned. And you cannot be pruned unless you don't have a connection to the vine dresser. And the only way the vine dresser can work with you is by abiding, that you be connected to the vine. The vine dresser is God. The vine is Jesus. So we talked a little bit about abiding in Jesus and finding that joy. Message three is loving attachments. Um, this, this is probably going to be the, the toughest message in the series just because I feel like it's the most important one. When we talk about church, when we talk about family, when we talk about anything, that, who we are, it all boils down to one thing, is our desire in our sense of needing to belong. We need to belong somewhere. We need to be, like, like if, if there are relational issues going on in the church, it's just because we don't, we don't quite feel like we have a place. We don't quite feel like we belong. If, if, there's, if anything is, is just kind of this whole driving factor that if, if we belong, 
then we're settled, we're secure, we're mature, we're, um, it, it's all kind of in that. And so the obstacle to character growth is when we just have these shallow relational attachments. You know, when, when it's just, when it's, when it's like all that we can talk about is, you know, maybe just the weather. Or when all we can talk about is, is all of these things that are just shallow, but we can never seem to quite get there. Cannot quite get down to, to the next, uh, to the other level in, in developing those deep relationships. And so, so as long as you have shallow attachments or relationships around you, it's going to be an obstacle. You can't expect to see character growth in your life. So, here we go. And this, this is kind of where I'm just not sure where this is going to go from, from here. And we'll see what God has for us. So, Hebrew, Hebrews 10.25 says, Not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So now when we think of meeting together, it's kind of more in a, in a corporate, you know, setting, like coming to church, um, you know, maybe going to the gym night that we plan as a church, or maybe the Thanksgiving dinner, or maybe the fish fry. Like, I would say as a whole, we do pretty good at not neglecting to meet, you know, together. Like we're, we're We've got this down pretty good as far as like church functions. You know, it's not that, oh, well, you know, I only make it here, you know, two out of the four Sundays a month. You know, that would probably be kind of neglecting. I, I feel like everybody's pretty good. You know, here and there you miss or you might be traveling or, or away. But if you're around, you come to church. But I want us to think about a little bit here what's happening because I think sometimes we strive to build community and we think that we're actually building attachments but no it's not attachments it's community they're two separate things and and i'm posing this a little bit more sometimes as as a question i'm i don't have all of the answers to this this may not all all be correct and i'm not saying that one is better than the other here okay i'm not saying that oh we need to get away from building community because we need to focus on attachments. No, we need to be working on building community, but I think there is a difference. And sometimes, you know, we, we walk away and saying, okay, we've, we've built this community. We've, we've, we've done this thing that we, we, um, we, okay, let's say we plan this event. Like I'm, I'm wanting to plan this derby to race cars down a track and maybe have some other, other, you know, competitions like, you know, a baking competition or, you know, an art competition or, or things like that. And that's an attempt to build community, but not really an a- attempt to create deep attachment. I'm, I'm not delusional in the fact that I want to try to do this so that I can build these um, attachments, but I think it's important for us to do because we want to build community. So let's, let's take a look at this a little bit. So here we've got some community going on, right? Um, I don't know if 
you can see that. I think it's, yeah, you guys can see it. So obviously I think we're here. Um, this is Thanksgiving meal. Is that the Thanksgiving food? I'm not, I'm not even sure where I got this picture. I was just like, hey, this is us uh, doing community. Another one here, uh, making pizza, uh, the men's night, and I don't have, I would put, you know, something from the ladies' nights, but I don't have access to that, to that so I'll just stick with the men. Um, I did see a video of Sarah Kay eating some chocolate cake the other night, so I almost thought about putting that one up here, but I decided not to. Um, Community, here we go. This is pretty fresh, right off, hot off the press here, okay? You know, community, bunch of guys working together, start around 8, finish by 12, you know, no big deal. Um, these guys just put this wall in, no, no problem. Like, dude, we've got community, you know, we're, we're building this. We're, when there's a need, we're together. So, there's a couple things that we can accomplish in community, you know, I, I think we can accomplish, you know, 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Therefore, encourage one another, build one another up just as you are doing. I think we have a platform in that to build this community. And, and there's a place where, you know, we're working on, on this wall. Um, well, just, you know, just in fact, um, yesterday um, I was helping Joey and, and Reagan uh, drive Laverne's truck, teaching them how to, to use stick, and they stalled a few times. They were, they were learning it. and do it. Actually, Reagan, I don't think you stalled, um, but I guess that there's only two, so I guess Joey was the one that stalled. But okay, <laughs> anyway, and I was okay with them driving. It wasn't my truck. Um, I didn't even ask Laverne. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of bad, but uh, anyway. So anyway, we were out there. They were driving. We were picking up sticks and stuff, but I think it's safe to say that if I would have just told Joey after he stalled, like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, you cannot, you're, you're no good. Just jump out of the seat. Like, that wouldn't have been a place to encourage. But even in this setting of, like, having this community, we're able to encourage, and he able to figure it out, and he drove, you know, all around, and he did install because it was a place that we could encourage and build each other up. Here's another place. Um, that we can take kind of a scripture and say, okay, this could happen. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and, and one man sharpens another. So, so like this whole concept that I think in corporate places, in, in these type of places that we can have conversations, you know, we can kind of sharpen each other, we can become better um, and we could, can work together and, and not let things grow in between us but that we can sharpen each other and say, hey, you know what? Because of this, um, we can become better. We can become stronger. And we can become more loving towards each other. So let's take a look at Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now here, we're kind of transitioning into something a little more difficult. This could possibly happen in some of these community settings, but probably not, okay? Probably not. So we're building that wall, and all of a sudden I go tap somebody on the shoulder and say, dude, like, I'm going to call out this sin in you. 
Like, that's not the place or time to do that, right? We're building community. That's probably not the place to happen. Or I just, you know, imagine if, you know, these people here, I think they're all ladies around here. Oh, Derek's there um, helping with the food. But imagine if this just big fight would break out while they're dishing out food. You know, it's, it's just not the place and the time to address those kind of things. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Here again, it could happen here. You know, it could be like we were up there building that wall and all of a sudden somebody just has this burden and said, hey guys, I need you to pray. I need to confess the sins. We drop everything that we're doing gather around and pray for that person that that could happen there but probably like the, the the environment is not created to make that space for that we're there to get the wall done we want to get out of there so we can go home and spend the rest of our Saturday doing like like we did not build that wall and the purpose and the intention of creating a place where somebody could maybe you know confess a sin and have one another pray for each other so again here we are Creating community, but probably not a place for attachments. So, Luke 17, 3. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if you repent, forgive him. So again, just to drive the point home that these are probably not the places that this kind of stuff happens. I mean, yeah, just pay attention. If your brother sins, rebuke him. Like, we're not going to rebuke somebody right in the middle of a Thanksgiving banquet. Um, that just doesn't seem like that would go over too well. So, this is just kind of where uh, we're going to dig into Scripture a little bit, and I'm going to just actually come down here. I, this is not like me trying to be a trendy preacher or anything. I just felt like sitting down for the rest of this. And so you can judge me if you want, um, but I don't care, okay? Um, yeah, it's not the place for that. You can judge me later. Um, because I think there's something really important here that we need to realize because I think when we plan a community events, I think there's still that longing and desire within us to make those an attachment place. But yet it kind of misses the mark in the sense it's so important that we're building community. But when all we're focused is creating these large events and hoping that our relationships will get deeper and deeper with each other, I think we, we miss the mark there and it and it's and it's a hard place for that to happen and it happens I'm not saying this I'm not trying to say that it doesn't but it kind of we're setting ourselves up it's like okay this is what we're doing we're building community um, so I'm going to go we're going to take a look at some of this here I'm going to go to mark three 
and I'm going to go to the last part of the chapter in 31. So Jesus is teaching in this house, and his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And then verse 32, and a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Okay, so here we got this little interaction. He's like saying, Okay, I know that my mother and brothers are outside, but here, inside, you are my brothers and my mother and sister. Okay, so that feels very general, very broad. So I'm going to go to Matthew and look at this same uh, passage here. Uh, Matthew uh, 12, and this is also at the end of the chapter. And what you have to realize here, what's going on is the Gospels were written 40 to 50 years after Jesus, Jesus, um, okay, now I'm trying to remember if it was Jesus' death or his birth. Is it, it was his death, right? Um, so, so the, it was kind of the teaching was just an oral tradition that the, the disciples handed down they memorized the teaching of Jesus, but it would actually wasn't written down. And so you think about it, you think about every encounter in the Gospels could be worded a little bit differently because the eyewitnesses had a little bit different perspective, but it doesn't change the truth. So just think about it in this way. If you would go home to lunch and, you know, you had some visitors over and they say, okay, what was the sermon about? Um, and so you would have to give a little bit of report about, you know, what, what the sermon was about. And actually, I kind of, when people ask me what I preached about, I was just like, I, I just don't like that question. I was like, how am I supposed to tell you in two seconds what I preached about? Like, just go listen to it on podcast or come to my church, like, if you really want to know. Um, but anyway, but you would probably summarize, but if you would put, let's say, Chris gets asked that question, and Matt at his home asks that question, and Tamara gets asked that question, and they're all asked that question, but they're in three separate homes. Their interpretation of what was said is going to be a little bit different, but it doesn't change that neither, not one of them is, or two of them is being false and only one, but they're not going to say exactly the same things, and this is what's going on here in this part here. So, Matthew, the chapter 12, at the end, uh, verse 46, um, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven 
is my brother and sister and mother. So here we get a little bit better understanding. So it's not this just this general crowd saying, ah, here are my bro- mothers and brothers. He's kind of stretched out his hand and said, here's the disciples. Like, these are my mother and brothers. And he said, whoever does the will of God. Okay, so, so somebody's saying, oh, okay, they heard this, what Jesus was saying, and said, you know what? This, this was to the disciples. This was who he was speaking to. But I want to have us go then and look at Luke and see what he has to say. And this is uh, Luke 8. Um, Okay, Luke chapter 8, verse 19. So I really feel like this actually says, okay, but you'd be wondering, okay, who qualifies as a disciple? What makes a disciple? Who's a disciple? I mean, we kind of know the disciple is followers of Jesus, but how do you be a follower of Jesus? And I feel like this could be one definition for a disciple. It says, then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. All right, so if you want a definition of discipleship, here it is. You know, because he's pointing to the disciples so one author is saying, okay, I realize he's pointing to disciples, but then another author is just saying, okay, here are the people that hear the word and they do it. That's, that's who they are. And those are going to be the people that are going to be included into this. And one thing that I want to point out here in all this, and this is where I'm trying to get us to go in this, is realizing that Jesus was not like, huh, those are my uh, relatives out there. That's my mother, my brother. I don't care about them because I've got you in here. You're my mother and brother and my sister. I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. I think what he was saying was if you do the will of God, you hear it and you do it, you will also be included into this inner circle. You will be part of the, this is not an ex- exclusion of the family. This is actually including of the family. Um, and, and, and I just, I, just, I don't know. It's, this is speculation now. This is just maybe opinion. But I actually picture Jesus saying this and then going out and seeing what his mother and brother wanted. You know, it was just a teaching moment. It wasn't like, oh, I don't care. Now, that's not in the scripture. But I'm just saying, I kind of have this image that Jesus said this. You know, you are, you know, you are just as important. You are my mother, brother, and sisters. Now, I'm going to go and check on them, see what they want. Um, and, and that just kind of inlines more with the heart of Jesus. And, and one of the reasons I think I kind of think about that is if you go to Luke, um, see, I think it's in 14... Okay, yeah, Luke 14, 25, he said, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sister, yes, and even his own life, 
he cannot be my disciple. So I think this is good when we're reading this, you know, stuff that comes out of um, this encounter. I think it's good to also check it with what else Jesus is saying. Um, Okay, so who has all heard it be explained that the word hate here is, it's not the best translation here. It's, It's more meaning to love less. Who has all heard that? Love less. Yeah. So... I've kind of grappled with that a little bit. I was like, is that really what it's saying? Does it mean love less? So, so basically what it's saying is that, that we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It doesn't say then that we're supposed to put our love for God here and put hate for our family over here. It just means that there's this umbrella that we love the Lord our God first and then underneath that there, we love our families. It just means that if we ever find ourselves that we're loving our families more than we're loving God, then something's a little off. It just means that we love less. And I think that's a better interpretation of that. And I really wrestled with that. I was like, is that true? And I really studied that. And I, and I think, I think that's, that's a true um, interpretation of that. Because if you think about it, it wouldn't be the character of Jesus to say, okay, these are my brothers and my sisters, the ones that do the will of God. I'm going to get you in this circle so I can H-A-T-E you. That wouldn't be the heart of God, right? So I think we can kind of cross-check this here and say, no, it is the heart of God to bring us into a family, to bring us into a place so that we can love each other but not more than we love God. So this is where this is where all of this this is headed because I, I I think until we realize as a church that we can get at the place where we view each other as family instead of just friends or close, you know, I mean people that we just like doing church with until we can really view each other as family saying you are a person that listens to the word of God and you do it until we get to that place I don't think we can develop that deep attachment that we're desiring in each other until we can see each other as family and and, and I think that's really hard. And this is something that I've been really grappling with and really, really um, trying to figure out how, do, how does this work? Because can we achieve this as a whole group, as one big body at Mount Zion? Or does it take smaller pockets of us doing this and saying, you know what? I'm going to seek out three or four people in this church body and I'm going to pursue this this, this attachment, this deep love, this, this, this is going to be a question that, that you have to, to process because I've been, I've been trying to, to figure out the right time and, and the right way to, to bring this to, to the church, to figure out where are we at 
Um, and how do we pursue that? And, and one of the ways that, that I've pursued it on a personal level is by having an accountability group um, with Ben, Bryant, and Kenny. So there's four of us that meet. And, and that group kind of got created, what was it, four or five years ago. And I went to Kenny because I said, hey, he lives way out there in the sticks. I live way down here in Newark. Back then, I felt like nobody cared about either one of us because we're like, right here. You know, church is here. We're here. And then, so we started gathering a little bit. And then we also realized, you know what, Ben, he's really way out there. Like in Coshocton, who even cares about him? He's way out there. I thought maybe we should care about Ben, you know. Um, so we asked him, did he want to be part of this, this group? Because we felt like we needed something because we were kind of, far apart from the main hub. And then, so that started happening, but it was hard. It was hard to get started. We would, we'd probably go sometimes six months and we would miss meeting. It was a process. It was a development of learning trust and figuring out what is needed here. Kind of throwing out what wasn't needed and what was needed and kind of building this thing. And it took a long time to build that. And we kind of, we went from, you know, meeting, you know, in the evenings, meeting together. Um, we, what, at one point, what we did was we would, we would meet um, as guys one month in the evening. And then we would go off and the ladies would take care of all the kids. And the next month, the ladies would meet. They were part of this too. The ladies would meet and then us guys would take care of the kids and then we would kind of flop back and forth. But that it was like, it was every two months that we had an opportunity to meet and that didn't seem like it was working. So we kind of morphed into this thing of meeting once a month and we've had to meet at 5.30 in the mornings to make this work. Um, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of effort. It to make it happen, but what, what I've started seeing in my own life is a little bit more and more growth in my character because there was a place that I was learning to trust other men. There was a place that I was willing to go really deep in the relationships. And so part of that is just like, if we feel this need to always be building community together as a whole, then I'm not sure if we'll ever kind of get where we need to go with our deep relationships. And, and maybe I'm totally off the rocker. Maybe this is something maybe we can talk about more. Like, what does this actually look like? Um, because even... In all of this, again, it comes back to this desire to belong, to belong. If you don't feel like you belong to Mount Zion, it's probably because you just don't feel like you have strong, healthy connections with people, right? If you would have strong, healthy connections with people, then you'd probably say, I belong. You, there's, no, there's no way you could say, I don't belong to Mount Zion, if you have strong, healthy connections, deep 
connections with people. And so one of the things that I think I want to help us grow in as a church is recognizing our need to develop these little pockets to start there. And maybe it can grow more into I don't, I don't know what. But I think we need to start finding these different people. And, and this is not like, okay, we need to create these different little click groups. Like that's not at all what I'm, what I'm saying. This is not where we're going with this. But, but I think you would be surprised the more and more that we try to reach out to build relationship and to want something, if there's something you really want, I would say that there's probably somebody else that wants that same thing. But it takes years to build. Like, it was a, a thing where when we started it in our group, you know, like I said, like, we didn't realize the first, the first year or two the importance. So it was easy to go months with missing it and stuff. But now that we've built that and realized what it's doing, how we're able to to set boundaries and guardrails and talk in honest and open ways, it's becoming harder and harder to miss. You don't, you don't want to skip a month. And, and I think that's part of the way that God said, you know what? We aren't, we, we're not designed to have a thousand friends. I'm, I'm coming more and more convinced, and you can totally disagree with me on this if you want. This is not necessarily something that comes out of out of scripture. I think you can find things that kind of you know maybe um, point to that direction. But but I really think we're not designed to have deep connection with a thousand people. Maybe not even ten people. Maybe not even six people. But I think we're designed to at least have a few, a handful of people, you know, two or three. Better to not be alone. It's better to have two. The cord of three is not easily broken. So, so sometimes I think if we always pursue, pursue the whole community thing as a way to build that connection and relation, we're just going to be chasing after something that's so hard, so hard to get to, um, and it's, and I know that there are people that feel a little lonely, feel a little bit caught in their place here, the church. And so you can be thinking, well, how's this going to happen? How can... How can I build these strong connections? And I think the only way that you can do it is just putting forth the work and the effort to initiating the work, to initiating um, relationships, putting forth the effort. And I know that sometimes it's going to feel like you're going to get burned, that other people aren't going to be as interested as you but it takes work. It takes effort. And um, so I guess all of this I want to bring to us and, and really realize. Let's each one of us just really be prayerful about this. You know, maybe it doesn't mean that you're 
going to set up a monthly accountability group. But maybe it means that you're going to be like, hey, you know what? I need to find somebody that I can go to to share on a heart-to-heart level and find that person, make that relationship, make that connection. Um, Because we were not designed to be out there alone to do this thing by ourselves. We are designed to to need people. And, And I think that as long as we still have shallow relationships, there's always going to be a little bit of a block into seeing our character grow. We're not going to be like, well, why am I not growing? Why am I not growing? Look at it. Look at it. Are you... Do you just think you just have a bunch of shallow relationships? And if we follow the design that if we look around, look around and say, you know what? There's a person that is listening to the Word of God and he's doing it. That's a person that I want to interact with. That's a person that I want to include and be part of my family circle. The, the, the person that I'm okay with coming over to my house and I'm not going to sweep the floor or put the toys away. They're just going to come over. They're going to be like my family. You know, if we're out doing an event together, um, we might have a little uh, disagreement, you know, right somewhere, you know, in the store because as a kid, I did that with my brothers and sisters. If there was something that needed to be taken care of, we just took care of it right away. Um, Much to the dismay of my parents sometimes. Um, But that is when we get to that point in relating. And um, so that's just something that that I want us to to think about. If you feel like you don't have that, if you feel like you don't have a place to go with that, I really want to be available to help connect you to people because I've been, there's, there's a few conversations that I've had with people like here and here and here and they're all kind of saying the same thing and I'm just kind of realizing like, oh dude, you guys need to just get together. Like you're kind of saying the same thing and it's, and it's not as cut and dry as that but it kind of feels a little bit that way and so um, like let's work together figuring this out. Um, learning how to build strong community that we need to be together. We need to be doing stuff um, to build that community, but also realize that there's there's different segment of that too in building the deep relationships to places where I can go that I can trust, that that I can people that that I know that I can trust with keeping, you know, with what what I have to say, keeping that in that group, knowing that there's that trust that it's not going to go be spread abroad but knowing that somebody knows, somebody knows with, with where, where I'm at in my journey and my walk. And so I don't know if any of that makes, makes sense. I, I feel like it's something that I hope becomes more and more part of our church culture. Um, it's not going to happen right away, but I think we can work on it together to make it happen. So if, if I think there's a sense that this can feel a little bit like a discouraging message because it's just like, well, I don't have that. Um, I hope this can be a start, a starting point for you to, to really dig in and dig, dig into that and pursue that.
So let's keep talking about it. What does that look like to build community, to build deep relation, relational, loving attachments? What does that look like for our church and our community? Father, thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you that that you include others, not just your own um, what was your own mother and your brothers, but you, you looked around and said, anybody who's doing the will of God, whoever's, whoever is uh, listening and doing it, they can also be included into this as, as realizing how you've created family, how you've created family to function. And, and I just pray that that would translate into our church family and how we function as a church family. God, I pray that we wouldn't be scared to go deeper in our relationships with each other, that we would figure out how this, this works, that, that when we have that sense of needing to belong, that each one of us could find that, whether that's just a good, solid connection with just a few brothers or sisters here in the church. Um, how, however that that looks i just pray that you would direct us that you would guide us that that we would um, be a community that loves to be together to be with one another and within that that there would be places that just deep trust and love for each other could be established and built so we just thank you and praise you in jesus name amen